Welcome to the Pitch Vision Academy Cricket Show. This is about half an hour or so where we just talk about cricket. We talk about coaching it, we talk about playing it, we talk about improving your game, we talk about improving the games of others. My name is David Hinchliffe. I look after things and helping me to help you are two very fine cricket coaches. The first is the director of cricket at Millfield School. It's Mark Garraway. Hello, Garras. How's it going at Millfield today? Yeah, pretty good actually. Uh, we haven't had any snow or hail today, so yeah. uh, pitch pitch conditions have been slightly easier outdoors on the AstroTurf. Uh, a couple of twigs have uh, helped the bowler uh, move the ball actually, but apart from that, it's uh, it's been pretty plain sailing for the batters. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> no, no, the ball just skipping onto the bat nicely. It, it is. It's definitely <laughs> not holding the wicket. It's definitely skidding off the uh, AstroTurf surface. And uh, uh, if you can get a ball to go above stump height, you're doing pretty well as a fast bowler. <laughs> For those who don't know, those aren't comp- comp- keeping 100% up to date, that's because you don't have any indoor um, facilities to practice at the moment, do you? Well, we haven't got any indoor cricket ones. We're doing a great job of practicing in multiple different uh, non-cricket environments. So Dan is running his fast bowling program out of the upstairs gym on an indoor running track, bowling balls into a massive crash mat. Um, which has been quite good fun. Uh, we've been doing loads of batting and fielding on the pool shelf, in the, which is a, a, a land-based training area uh, above the 50-meter uh, swimming pool that we've got here at school, which has been fantastic because it's lovely and warm up there, as you can imagine. Um, <laughs> and then uh, to contrast that, we've been practicing in uh, in huge hailstorms out in the um, wow. what was the bubble. So uh, it's been uh, it's been a contrast, and uh, every kid is allowed to have one moan about the warm or the cold, the warm in the pool shelf or the cold outside. And when they've had that, that's it, and that runs and that runs until Easter. So uh, they've got to they've got to mind themselves, otherwise there is consequences <laughs> galore. So it's all good fun. <laughs> Brilliant! What a challenge. And that laughter you heard was uh, the head of cricket performance at Portsmouth Grammar School. It's Sam Lavery. Hello, Lavers. You're, you're being a bit more orthodox this winter. Yeah, we, we have a, uh, a roof and um, we're in the... <laughs> helps, helps. <laughs> um, and we're, yeah, we're indoors in nor- uh, as we would normally be. We, we've, we've got the fine addition of a fifth net in the sports hall, which is nice. So often uh, yeah. often you get two, two and two on either side and we... We've uh, we've added a fifth one in the middle, which has been really useful for um, uh, not only getting a, a couple more people into train, but also it means we can divide the hall slightly better as well, and we can have more than one thing going at the same time, which has been nice. So uh, yeah, all ticking along nicely, um, and as always, glorious sunshine down here. Let's move on to um, another part of. Uh, cricket coaching which I saw happen to somebody else this week but it's a little bit publicly a little bit across social media and I don't want want to go into too many details but if you follow uh, cricket coaching on social media I think you might know what I'm talking about a, a coach was complaining about um, being criticised, you know, be, and criticised not in a in a constructive way that you know take give, giving feedback in a in a very positive way but perhaps being a little bit undermined, perhaps being a little bit um, criticised for for no good reason. The response this coach had was to go on social media and, and kind of justify themselves a little bit and say, you know, what, what the work they're doing and, and, and how they're doing it and, and what the reasons are behind what they're doing, um, which is one way of doing it. Um, 
but we've all faced that. We've all faced criticism, whether we consider it unfair or not, or constructive or not. We've all faced that kind of negative criticism in one way or another. So I was wondering how you guys deal with it, how you deal with critics when they are coming at you in an unconstructive way and, and they're looking perhaps to, to, to bring you down a bit uh, and, and do, do some harm rather than necessarily um, give you feedback which you can use. Yeah, well, I think, you know, from a coaching point of view, it's probably slightly new territory for a lot of people. Uh, and social media, obviously, is a good platform for getting stuck into others, isn't it? So um, uh, so it is relatively new from a coaching point of view. But from a playing point of view, I think that's what the top top level players have, have on a regular, you know, on a daily basis, really, even before social media, you know, with commentators and, and what have you. So I suppose we're stepping into seeing it through the eyes of some of the best players in the world in many ways when we when we get criticism uh, in, a, in a public fashion, because often the difficulty with public criticism is it's pretty faceless, isn't it? Because you might not know the person that is giving you the criticism and, and some people will think that that's quite good because... You know, it doesn't really matter if I don't know the person. Other people will take um, particular umbrage to being criticised by somebody who's never seen them play or never seen them coach or never seen them uh, in their place of work. So um, I think the bottom line, where I come from really, is I've got a number of people who I really value their views, whether they be critical, whether they be, uh, you know, praising in their, in their feedback. Um, uh, and also, as you get older, as you get more experience, you've got a pretty good idea of, uh, of what works for you as well. So uh, I think you, you develop layers of thicker skin, don't you, as you, as you get older in, in this regard. But really, as long as, as long as some of my key mentors and my key peers um, uh, are giving me that feedback, then, then I can do something with it. And if anybody else wants to have an opinion uh, from, from outside, I, I respect the fact that they're allowed to have a, an opinion, but I'm probably not going to do anything about their opinion unless um, one of my key people that I relay information to and, and rely on for feedback uh, agrees with them. Yeah, if you if you start sort of listening to that kind of thing, and then start feeling you have to justify yourself. I always feel like I think someone told me years ago if you if you're if you're justifying yourself, you you've already sort of lowered yourself to the level of the person criticising you anyway. So maybe it's uh, maybe a uh, a respectful silence is often the way to go with these things. But I think also I think a really good way, in particular something. I mean, when I've been nailed on social media I, I just thank people for their feedback and I, and I sort of just try and kill kill him with a bit of kindness back mate to be honest because that often takes the the wind out of their sails because what they're looking for is to incite a little bit of um angst in you isn't it can I just can I, I'm just going to break off there is the most amazing rainbow just landing on the on the tree oh, next to the ground it's absolutely stunning I will, I, will, I will do that now I will do that now um, it's stunning, but yeah, I, th I think ultimately it's about the people that really know you and really know the game that that matter. And um, you know, if anybody wants to have a, have a view on what I do, and plenty do, <laughs> that's fine. Uh, but uh, I I'll only use use the ones that I really respect and know um, and know who know me really, as opposed to people that are across the world and on Twitter. And you can't do too much about it can you love if someone's got an opinion you're not going to change their uh, opinion by anything that you say or do often you know it's, it's very rare 
especially if they're someone from afar. So often, yeah, you do have to be a little bit philosophical and go, okay, well, you know, that that's what you think. Thanks very much. Um, but it can be frustrating as well because if people are trying to, you know, people are trying to undermine you in any way that that and you there's not much you can do about it, and that must be frustrating. Yeah, I, I think as as, as Gareth has said, there is is how how does how does the comment that that, that has been made impacts you personally does it is it going to change the way you do things and it does it have an impact on how you do your job and also does it have an impact on those people around you that that you that you care about so the people whose opinions that you think matter are they going to think less of you because of what this person said or actually do they know you well enough that they believe in the way you're doing things and they believe in, in what you do and it can be tricky but it's a bit like a coach spotting a player from a distance and saying no you should be doing this and you should be doing that when you don't know the player you don't know the circumstances you don't know what they've tried to do already you don't know how they're developing they could be already engaged in trying to change that particular thing Um, and it's the same view as a coach if they don't know you they don't know how you're dealing with the issue that they're feeling is is a problem whether it's an issue or not and it often often things happen as a one-off and you've already identified it yourself and you've 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 kind of engaged with it as a problem and you fixed it and you moved on and people from a distance don't know that they don't know the ins and outs but it's very I think it's probably very nice for them sometimes to um, to throw something into the out into the world on social media and then run away and see what happens and watch from a distance when actually if someone's not very good at something I've got a few people who I know who coach within professional cricket and if something goes wrong, I, I sometimes will, will give them a ring and say, what did you think about that? And they'll either go, oh, I got it wrong, and blah, 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 and I'll go, okay. And there's people I go, oh, quite well, or they'll, or they'll kind of go, well, I'm not really sure, and I'll try and give my thoughts and help if I can do. But that's a private conversation. That's not throwing it out into the, the world for everyone to be involved in because people don't need to know everything that goes on all the time, do they? And they don't need to, especially if you're if you're saying something that is critical, what, why why does the world need to know about it? And you can be constructive. You can have constructive conversations like that. You can do it in private, like you said, Labour, but you can do it on social media as well. You know, if you are respectful and you ask questions in the right way and, you, you know, you make sure that you are looking at it from a productive perspective rather than a critical perspective just criticizing for the sake of it well you're doing that wrong because you know that'll never work then uh, you, you're um, you're not helping but if, if it becomes a discussion and you you might actually learn something yourself when it when it opens up in that way might it you might come in with one view and then you hear the view of the other person and then you come you, you might make a slight shift yourself in the way that you think of things so exactly it could just be a lack of understanding couldn't it yeah. and actually by entering into a conversation where I've seen you this, I don't really understand it, could you explain more to me because I want to be better at what I do, I want to know more about cricket or coaching or whatever it might be, whatever walk of life is, is um, is a much better way to educate you or educate them rather than, as we know, just... Um, ending up having a bit of a slagging match <laughs> yeah but that i guess that in on, on the internet that is kind of the default thing isn't it so you just have to be careful about how you have but there are places where those discussions happen i've i've seen them i've participated in them they've been online um they've been in public online and yet they've been 
you know, they've been great discussions and they haven't been just people arguing each other across each other and not getting anywhere. So you can definitely do it if you do it in the right way. You just have to be careful, that's all. But I think it, I think it comes down, though, doesn't it, to the, to the security of the people. You know, you, you've got to be pretty secure about yourself. You've got to be pretty open-minded about the fact that, you, you know, you're not the monopoly on ideas. And then you can use social media and you can use different platforms. Brilliant. I mean, webinars are, are one of the best things out there, aren't they, in terms of being able to connect people all over the world who wouldn't normally get the opportunity to sit in the same space together. Uh, it, it's you know that's a fantastic medium by which we can learn from each other and have those those discussions. But often the people that are being critical, uh, it's the old uh, throwing stones around glass houses job, isn't it? And 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 we had Jamie Cox uh, who played at, at Somerset for a long time. Uh, he was in a team meeting and people were having a pop at each other and he offered one thing in this meeting and he said, just remember that every time you point a finger at somebody else, there's probably three three fingers pointed back at you. And and it's a it's a really it's a really good point. And the people who say the most and, and are the most critical are often the ones that if you if push came to shove would be less secure about what they do, less accurate about what they do, have less perspective than most people. So again, if you take that, if you're getting a bit of flack off somebody, if you sort of picture that image of that type of person, then it often makes it a lot easier to uh, to, to palette, really. Um, we used to have it with an online forum at Somerset who used to get stuck into all of the players. Uh, and, and I say it's great that these people have got views. It shows that they care. It's magnificent. But also, let's have a look at how many times these people post and how often they are posting. And you can sort of imagine that that's all that they pretty much do. And, and whilst, you know, they're passionate and everything, do you really want to take on board everything that these one-eyed one people are, are, are saying? You know, because life is a bit broader than that. And certainly cricket is a bit broader than that in terms of what equals success, what is good coaching, you you know, and as Sam said, you, you've got to put yourself in that moment with that player and understanding that player before you can even offer a view. And, and that's a challenge with people that are a long way away just looking from afar. I, I actually know of people who would take to those, I guess they're social media platforms that you get within counties sometimes, and those discussion boards that counties like to run, and they would take to them to defend themselves under an alias or another email address, another name, and they'd equally take to those platforms to attack other players um, again again under a different name and it was it's a lot of effort isn't un- it <laughs> unbelievable unbelievable I know unbelievable they would do it and I just used to I, I remember reading something and thinking I know who that is and that is just what's the, what's the point Let's move on to some cr- more cricket stuff now. That was a fun discussion, but let's head more into the, the cricket side of things uh, a little bit. And um, that's going to be via some questions, questions that have been sent in by listeners to the show or readers over at pitchvision.com. And uh, how this works is the questions get sent in to us, we answer them, and then we choose the best question of the week that wins a prize of an online coaching course from Pitchvision Academy at pitchvision.com. And... You can contact us for future shows by emailing coach at pitchvision.com if you want to send your question in. And Adnan has done that this week. And Adnan says, I'm shuffling too much before the bowler delivers the ball. Can you give me a drill to help? 
Yeah, interesting one, that one. Um, I'm just typing somebody's name in here, actually, into my search engine. Um, so firstly, you say you're going to, you're shuffling around too much. I suppose the first question for me would be, is that something that you feel is the case or is that something that's been mentioned to you? Um, because sometimes we get this stimulus uh, from other people, don't we? We get this view from other people and then we, and then we uh, explore that. But um, some players, and there's quite a lot out there actually, do need to have some movement and, and shuffling is is one of those. I mean, we've got a bloke who's at the top of the world rankings at the moment that would be considered a shuffler uh, as a batter who gets across his stumps. There's lots of movement going on. But for some people, it's absolutely essential that we do have some movement for us then to be able to uh, line our bodies up, to be able to pick the line and length for the ball and, and then to be able to move appropriately into space. Um, I used to coach a shuffler. His name was Andrew Strauss. And uh, uh, many people over his uh, mm. career... Um, said that he moved, he shuffled across the crease too much. But uh, uh, most of the people that said that, and certainly myself, who didn't say that, I have to say, I didn't, never told him that he was shuffling too much. Um, but he scored 7,037 runs more than I did in Test cricket. So uh, you know, he, he did, he did pretty well doing that. So he's an example of somebody who does need to shuffle and get some movement in prior to then picking the ball up and, and moving into a point of contact. So my first question, going back to it, would be, is that something that you recognise as being important to change, to shift, um, or is it for somebody else's? In terms, in terms of drills, it's worth working out, I suppose, whether if you are going to change it, whether you're going to stand still or whether you're going to move before and then working out your timing sequence of, of when you're going to do it and what that movement is going to look, look like. Going back to previous discussions that we've had on here, against fast bowlers in particular, most players, and when I say most, I mean most top players in like 99% of them would have some form of movement prior to uh, then moving into that sort of stride to go forward or that movement backwards to play a back foot shot. The only person that I ever saw uh, in test cricket who was a top, top batter um, who stood still into point of release was Matthew Hayden. Um, and he was the only one in my whole time of analysing every single player that played in international cricket for a seven-year period. He was the only one that actually stood still. And, and at an appropriate time when, when I'd finished doing that job, I, I bumped into him. I actually asked him about that process. And, and he said whilst he wasn't moving his feet or his hands extensively um, when uh, the bowler was running into bowl and when the bowler was just about to deliver the ball. What he does was it was clenching his stomach muscles, his, his abs, and having an, an internal physical cue as opposed to the external with our, you know, our, our feet or our hands moving. So um, it's very rare that you can stand absolutely still prior to release and then move against a, a fast bowler. And, and certainly we're not seeing too many people do that, if anybody do that to a good level at the moment. So uh, first things first, why do you want to do it? Secondly, if you are going to uh, um, try and be uh, you know, less shuffly, is if you're going to have any movement, when are you going to get that in in the bowler's journey to, to letting the ball go? Um, because it's very, very difficult, particularly when you're playing against people with pace to stand still. You know, out of all of my time, Hayden was the only one that managed to do it, and he used an internal, an abs, you know, a core uh, cue to get himself going. 
I guess the other thing, uh, Lavers, when you're thinking about shuffling, because we haven't seen what he's doing here, so we are guessing a bit. I guess the other thing that you're thinking about when talking about shuffling is, are they moving a little bit too late, perhaps? You know, perhaps they're still on the move as the ball's on the way down. They haven't quite committed to a a shot early enough, and that means that they are... You know, they're stuck either having to sort of premeditate and guess because, you know, they've made the decision too late or or stuck on the crease and not moving at all because they're still busy, busy shuffling around instead of making a decisive movement backwards or forwards. Yeah, that's that timing element, isn't it, of kind of what, what position do you, end, do you end up in or do you want to end up in and are you getting into that position at the time that you want to be there? Um, and if the position that you're looking to get towards allows you to play the shots that you would like to play and, and hopefully we're looking to play all around the wicket but some people will have much simpler more limited games than that and still be very effective but identify that position you're looking to get into work out when you need to get into it by and and then just have a look at if you're if you're doing that and, and often with a range of bowlers bowling at you and they can often happen in nets where you've got three, four, five bowlers bowling um, with all different actions different jumps different ways of uh, loading up the ball, different ways of bowling, different timings for their movements. It can be quite tricky getting that timing spot on from one bowler to the next to the next. And and that's sometimes why it's tricky with people who've got actions that are slightly unorthodox and slightly different because the the cues for your movement aren't as they normally would be and and subsequently you can be either getting there a little bit early sometimes or or, or more often getting there a little bit late and just being a little bit rushed for time. But... um, if you can get that side of it right and you're in a, the position you're working to is, is pretty good and, and you're there in time then it should be okay we've seen lots of as Gareth said we've seen lots of people who move a lot they move around a lot but by the time they get to the the, the point of release they're in a pretty good position and it's just are they getting there at the, the split second that works for them or or um, or maybe are they slightly out of sync with their movements but um, I wouldn't be too drastically thinking you have to change things is if, if it's something you've done for a period of time and it's fairly ingrained you've presumably had a little bit of success along the way with it so maybe there's a bit of fine tuning more than a than a drastic overhaul next question is from Wakas and it sounds a bit like a plant of a question it's so close to the bone but but actually um, he's been uh, he's been pestering me since before Christmas to get this uh, question off so Wakas congratulations we've, we've got the question in so let's let's see if we can answer this without being um, 100% biased towards pitch vision which is um, what video analysis software do you know about for cricket pitch vision that's it that's that one done <laughs> <laughs> beat me to it beat me to it right who's one who's one question of the week <laughs> I think perhaps maybe we could talk a little bit about how maybe you use um, video analysis and what kind of things oh, you I've look got for one. can we not give an alternative one uh, can we, can we are we allowed to do that or not go on then let's, let's very quickly are we allowed to, before anyone notices very quickly yeah. <laughs> Okay, um, so the best one that I've worked with for working on your own, so say you're doing some bowling work, there's no coaches, you're on your own, you're working in a net. Um, the best one that I've seen is, is a video app, which you can get on your phone called Video, video Delay. Video Delay, that's the one. It's that's brilliant. It's you, so clever. You use it all the time. It's so simple, yeah. isn't it? 
when you're not using pitch vision, you use it all of the time because sometimes the we time. can't we can't use pitch yeah. vision because we might be in the middle of a, a field that is one you know like I'm looking out of a field now I might be in the middle there, um, but it's great isn't it Sam because you can you can set it up to have a little delay you can you can bowl your ball and then all of a sudden as you walk back and get next to it just like you do with pitch vision, um, it shows you the, the delivery you just bowled so you can start to analyse it then so yeah it's it's a fantastic bit of kit that's just very self reliant. And just just to be clear about it, it doesn't offer you anything more than that. That is it, isn't it, Garris? It gives you the image. So you can't really play around with it. You can't draw on it. You can't do too many fancy things with it. It's just going to play what happened 15 seconds ago or 25 seconds ago or whatever it was. But in that situation, and obviously as a bowler, it's a, it's a good thing to have in that situation where whether you're a coach, you're a bowler... Um, but you're just trying to teach yourself. So it might be kind of you're in a coaching role, but you still play a bit or you want to get a bit better and you can just watch yourself run in a bowl and go and have a look at it. Or or you're a bowler and you're just inquisitive about your action and you want to become your own coach and you feel like you know what you're looking to achieve. Just stick stick an iPad on a on a tripod at the, well, wherever you want to at the end of your run-up or in, where the umpire is or somewhere along those lines. And um, yeah, and go for it. And just just to watch, even if you know nothing else about the action, just watch yourself and you might pick up something along the way. And then as a coach, when you are looking to use video and you're doing it in a live session, you're actually in a live net session rather than look, reflecting on it afterwards perhaps, um, is that is that the key to it, that you just get that instant uh, replay feedback that you can, you, know, you can say to the player instantly, look, here's what's happening, here's what we need to do next? Yeah, I think it goes beyond that, actually. And, and I think we know more about the way that people learn nowadays and how to involve them in that learning process. It's often that video can be used for them to extract their own learning from. And then our job is to ask them questions to uh, get them to learn um, slightly differently or a bit more deeply, you know, as opposed to the good old days, uh, going back to one of your comments before we started the show, uh, where you basically just tell somebody what they're doing. Uh, the beauty of video is that they can see it for, see it for themselves and whilst they might not be spot on in terms of what the root cause is or whatever the case may be that's where our coaching questions based on our knowledge base um, can can help to fast track that learning so yeah in, any video I have the first thing I do is I ask them to tell me what they're seeing and, and what they think the reason for their success or the reason for the, the um, mistake or whatever the case may be and uh, often you'll be pleasantly surprised at what they pick up what they observe and what they understand and that is the the beauty of pitch vision isn't it that it can assign videos to people's profiles so they can go away and look at themselves and they can review their own stuff um, whether it's match based training based whatever whereas with for instance the the video delay app it, it that's miles away from um from from what pitch vision offers so having your own profile and your own video library effectively of, of what you're doing is is a fantastic tool for any any cricketer young or old and and it goes back to a conversation i had yesterday actually about when people are available to be coached and when i say available to be coached i don't mean that they're they want to be coached or they're listening or they're taking on information but people have different times of a day where they're actually available for learning which is better for them and, and other times of a day and uh, going back to many moons ago I had Kevin Peterson at 2.30 in the afternoon was his time to be coached now not all of our training sessions 
actually coincided with 2.30. So often I'd spend my morning throwing balls at him uh, where we'd be having some interaction, but not massively. And then by the time 2.30 came around, he'd have had, a, had his lunch, had a bit of a reflection, and that was his time where he wanted to talk about the morning session. Equally, Paul Collingwood was much later. So he was a, an evening time discussion uh, person and he wanted to, to learn about stuff then. And it was very rare that we had actual cricket sessions going on in that time. But his reflection would take place over a longer period of time and then he would he would be acceptable and available to, to coaching and instruction or, or some guidance. And uh, so the beauty of having something like Pitch Vision is that the person themselves, the player themselves, can choose when they access uh, this type of stuff rather than it just being there and then in the session because not always are we our most available to learn uh, in the given session that we've got. And as you mentioned earlier, Gareth, it's not just a matter of looking at the stuff that went wrong as well. That's a common mistake. Certainly players who are new to video makers, they look, they immediately go and look at, you know, if it's a game, how they got out or they go and they go and look at, you know, all the times that they got bowled or they played a missed or, you know, all the stuff that they feel like they got wrong. Um, and then, you know, they forget to focus on the stuff that they're doing well and they can actually push forward and, and make even better. So there, there is that case of making sure that, uh, players understand when they are reflecting and it's just not just a matter of looking at the 17 things that you think you did wrong and oh well uh, anything that I did right is fine because you know that I've got that covered anyway it, it's a bit you know it, it's a bit more um, nuanced than that isn't it it is and, and the first time anybody starts looking at video they go straight to a negative mm. I, I've yet to work with anybody having their first exposure to video that hasn't hasn't done that and the skill of the coach I suppose and using the experience is that we we take in the good probably first actually we try and encourage people to look at the good yeah but what's good about that what's good about that what do you see that helps you to play that shot you know what what are the highlights of that shot and then let's look at a couple of the things that we might want to add on to it to make it more technically efficient and repeatable over a, a longer period of time um, so that's the skill of a coach I think uh, to, to get round to that because inevitably people will look at things in, a, in a, a negative fashion so you know I always say to, to people that the technique isn't perfect and you know there are some people out there that would suggest that um, uh, I'm talking rubbish there but but actually if you if you did have you know like the Vicon um, technology which effectively strips you back to being a skeleton if you put Steve Smith into Vicon and you took away all of his skin his identif uh, identifiable features then we'd probably absolutely tear him to shreds, wouldn't we? Tear, tear that skeleton to shreds and say, oh, great, they can't play cricket. You know, yet he's averaging 64 with the bat in his test cricket career, which is just absolutely amazing. Um, but uh, And that's what people do when they first see themselves play, is that they strip themselves back and start being really negative about it instead of looking at what the, the positives are first. So as a coach, it's really important that when we're introducing video that we introduce them to do, looking at it through a positive set of eyes first and then, OK, how can we enhance this as opposed to, you know, how do we change this or how do we make it more of a perfect model? Okay, let's wrap up the show there. Before we head off, we are going to decide on the winner of the competition. The online coaching course from Pitch Vision Academy is up for grabs. And we had Adnan's question about shuffling too much 
and Wackers' question about video analysis software. Which one did you prefer this week, Garris? I'm going to go with the Shuffler. I think the Shuffler's got it for me because um, uh, it made me look up Straussy, and which is always quite funny um, because Straussy is the only other bloke in the world that uh, looks worse with, with hair than without. So it makes me feel good about myself. <laughs> Yeah, I've got that LMFAO song in my head as well. So that <laughs> can't play it for copyright reasons. <laughs> our, and, budget, uh, our budget doesn't expect to send to that. Yeah, that's right. And uh, if someone else was listening and they wanted to have their question answered, Gareth, how can they get in touch with us? They could give us a call on 0203 239 7543 or drop us an email on coach at pitchvision.com. That's right. You can get us through various other ways. If you head over to pitchvision.com, there is a way of getting in touch with us there. If you uh, use the messaging system on there, find the uh, Pitchvision Academy account and send us a message there. Or you can do it through Facebook on facebook.com slash pitchvisionacademy or Twitter at pitchvisionacad. You can also subscribe to the show, search for Pitchvision Academy in your favorite podcast app and you'll be able to do that. Or go to pitchvision.com slash academy and click on the podcast link and you get all the old shows going right back to the beginning, which you can download, which you can stream and you can get all the notes for. That's all for this week. We hope you listen next week. But until then, have a good week. Cheers, Gareth. Cheers, Lavers. Cheers, boys. Cheers, guys.